Today's message is a second part of last week's message where we began teaching the subject of justification. We're in a series right now on the subject of salvation. We've talked about what is salvation. We've talked about regeneration. We've talked about imputation. And last week we began the subject of justification. And I would encourage you, if you're viewing this uh, program for the first time, or if you missed last week's broadcast, very important that you go to our YouTube channel, find the first part of this message on justification and watch it. I will be teaching this week and the next week on this subject of justification. It's a very important subject. It's also can be a very misleading or a very misunderstood subject. We're going to begin today in James chapter 2 and verse number 21. The Bible says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So in last week's message, we taught on justification by faith. And we saw specifically from the fourth chapter of Romans that the Bible clearly teaches that in the sight of God, we're justified by faith without works. But now we come to James chapter 2, and we see in James chapter 2 that the Bible, speaking of the very same man, Abraham, that the Bible talked about in Romans chapter 4, that it says here in verse 21 that Abraham was justified by works. It, it, it asks a question. Was not Abraham justified by works? The clear implication is that yes, he was justified by works. So we have Romans chapter 4 saying Abraham was justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And then we have James chapter 2 teaching that Abraham was justified by works. Now, do these two chapters contradict one another? Uh, well, if they did contradict one another, then we really could not trust the Bible. So if they don't contradiction, contradict one another, then what is the meaning? Why does the Bible say in one place we're justified by faith without works? And yet, in another place, it says we're justified by works. We're going to begin explaining that to you today. This is going to take me two weeks to explain it in such a way that I believe it will be very clear to you. So it's very important that you watch and pay attention today and then tune in to next week's broadcast as we uh, clearly and hopefully vividly explain this message to you. So, let's begin by looking at a few more verses in this passage of James chapter 2. We're going to go verse by verse, and we're going to teach you what's being said here. We'll begin in verse number 14. The Bible says, What doth it profit, my brethren, Though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? 
So there's a couple of questions asked in this verse that we're going to answer. We're going to answer here. The scriptures are going to answer for us. What doth it profit? Okay, so is there any profit uh, to a man having faith and not works? And then can faith save him? Verse 15 and 16. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? So the question here is, if, if you know a brother or sister, okay, we're talking about a brother or sister in Christ, a fellow believer, if he is destitute of daily food, he doesn't have his, his daily need, and you see him, and you wish him, basically you wish him well, you, you, you say, oh, I, I wish you peace, and I, I hope you're... I hope you will be warm and filled. I hope your needs will be met. But you do nothing to help meet those needs. You do, do nothing to provide for your brother. Well, the question is, what doth it profit? So in other words, the question is, how are you profiting your Christian brother if you do nothing tangible to meet his need, is the fact that both of you are believers, is the fact that both of you share a common faith, does that actually profit him if you do nothing to meet his need? This is what we call a hypothetical situation. It is a, a what-if situation that God puts in this passage to teach us how to answer the questions of chapter 14. If we have faith, but we don't have works, is there any profit to it? And can that faith save you? And so he begins with this story. And so he's, again, here's a brother in need. You do nothing actually help him have you profited him well the obvious answer is no you have not and we're going to use this story to help us understand the truth today that man not only is justified in the sight of God by faith but he is also justified in the sight of man by our works Two times the question is asked, what doth it profit? In verse 16, the question is directly related to the story of the man having a need and a brother seeing him, wishing him well, but doing nothing to actually meet that need. In other words, what the scripture is teaching us is that just wishing someone well without meeting their need does not profit them. I think we would all agree on that. Put yourself in that situation. You have a need. You're destitute of food and clothing. A fellow believer says to you, I hope 
you'll be filled. I hope you'll be warm. And I wish you peace. But they do nothing to help you to meet your need. I don't believe that you would consider their well-wishing to be meeting your need or to be profiting you. I think you would say when that person departs, he did nothing to help me. He did nothing to profit me. Look in verse number 17. It says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So verse 17 continues with this same idea. And it's teaching us that faith without works is dead. Faith that is alone, it doesn't have the partner of works, is dead. The word dead here is very important. I think oftentimes people are led astray in how they understand this verse because they do not understand the meaning of the word dead. The Bible uses the word dead in many different context or in many different ways. The word dead can have different applications, different specific meanings. For example, we could say of somebody who has been murdered that they are dead. Uh, we can say of someone who has gotten old and passed away that they're dead. Their body is dead. But they still exist. They have a soul. They'll go to heaven or hell. And so dead doesn't mean that you do not exist. The word dead here actually means to be unfruitful. And I bring your attention to the question that has been asked two times. What doth it profit? In verse 14 and verse 16, the question is asked, what doth it profit? Uh, what is the profit or what is the fruitfulness of this situation? Well, faith does not profit another person. Faith does not profit your brother if works is not attached to that faith. And the faith is considered to be dead, meaning unfruitful. I'll give you a biblical example of dead, very specifically meaning to be unfruitful. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 19, and it's interesting to take note that this is the same chapter we learned from last week, that we're justified in the sight of God by faith without works. But it says in verse 19, speaking of Abraham and Sarah, his wife, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was an, about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Abraham and Sarah were about 190 years old. They were beyond the child-bearing years in a person's life. 
And when God had told Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a miracle child, that they were going to give birth in their old age, if you know much about that story, you know that Sarah began to laugh. And she laughed because she knew that physically speaking, there was no way for her to have a child. She was way beyond childbearing years as an old lady, as a 90-year-old woman. At that time, she may have been a little bit younger. But it says here, specifically says, the deadness of Sarah's womb. So the womb is where a child is conceived, where a child is developed, and where a child is born. And the Bible says that her, her womb was dead. Okay, The Bible speaks of Abraham by faith not considering his body dead. In other words, his body was old to the point that it was biologically unfruitful. Un, unable to bear fruit. And Sarah's body was biologically dead or unfruitful. Okay? Not able to produce offspring. So dead is the idea of being unfruitful. Abraham and Sarah were both living. They had blood running through their vein. They spoke. They had life. But their reproductive ability, humanly speaking, was dead. So dead here is not describing them as having passed away. Dead is describing them as not being physically able to bear children. And yet we know God in His uh, ability, God in His miracle-working ability allowed them to bring forth a child even though their bodies were physically dead in the sense of reproduction. Um, now, the Bible says in, chapter, in verse number 14 that we read earlier, it says, can faith save him? Can faith save the person who does not have works accompanying his faith. Um, he's asking if a man has faith but no works, can faith deliver him? Now, if you remember, we taught in the first week of this series, what is salvation? It is so important that we keep in mind that teaching. If you didn't watch that, go back and, and view it. Because salvation is being delivered from something or delivered to something. And there are different things from which we can be delivered, different things from which we can be delivered unto. And oftentimes when we read our Bibles, when we see the word saved, we automatically think of being rescued from the punishment of sin or rescued from hell. But we don't keep in mind that what we can be saved from is not always being rescued from hell or the punishment of sin. For example, as we taught in our first lesson, 
There are many times in the Bible that people were being rescued or saved or delivered from an enemy, from another, uh, another human who was threatening them, okay? Saved from worldly circumstances, okay? And so the question here is, can faith save him? And we have to ask the question, um, save him from what? Save him from going to hell? Save him from the punishment of sin? Or is there something else that this person needs to be delivered from that verse 14 is referring to? Well, let me remind you of what we learned last week. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse number 5, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. So in these verses we see that we're justified, we're rescued, we're delivered without work, by faith only. And the scriptures have concluded that a man is saved or delivered from the second death by faith only. So then, what is James chapter 2 talking about? What is it talking about when it says, can faith save him? Save him from what? Um, we need to remember that it is a common thing in life to be judged by other people. And when other people judge us, what do they judge us by? If you walk into a courtroom and someone is trying to determine your innocence or your guilt, what is going to be discussed? What is going to be presented as evidence for you or against you? It will be your works. It will be the things that you have done. Why? Because no one can know what is going on in your mind or in your heart. All we can know is what you've done or what you have done. So in this life, we are judged every day in some way by other people, by our works. We judge other people by their works. You walk into a job interview and the potential boss is watching you. He's looking at you. He's looking at the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you behave. And he's making a determination about you based upon your works. And... In this passage in James chapter 1, I'm sorry, James chapter 2 and verse 14, when it speaks of can faith save him, that's exactly what it's referring to. It is not talking about us delivering ourselves from God's judgment, but it is talking about us delivering ourselves from the judgment of other people. And we're going to continue to teach the rest of this chapter or 
We're going to teach down several more verses in this chapter, and we're going to wrap up this lesson on justification next week. We've laid the groundwork this week. I hope you're paying attention. It's a very, very important subject. And please come back next week as we continue to discuss this idea of being justified by works or being justified in the sight of man. Again, we're justified in the sight of God through our faith alone. We saw that clearly in Romans chapter 4. In James chapter 2, we're learning a new element of justification, and that is being justified in the sight of man. And I've only just begun to develop this idea. So please come back next week to the Fundamental Hour and watch as we continue on this subject of justification and specifically being justified in the sight of man. Let me encourage you, if you have not gone to our YouTube channel, we'd encourage you to go there. We have been on the TV now for... A long time, several years, and we have posted all of our uh, preaching on our YouTube channel. You're welcome to go there and watch other episodes. If you have not seen the first four lessons in this series on salvation, I would encourage you to get there and watch them. The Bible is an amazing book. Its message is clear. But if we are lazy to study the Bible and we listen to what only others say about the Bible, we can be very confused. And I would encourage you to be a student of God's Word. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.